Welcome to the Bible Conversation Podcast with Chris, Dan, and Dylan. Let's have a conversation. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bible Conversations Podcast. Uh, we again have Daniel Lang. You want to say hello? Yes, sir. Hello. Uh, Dylan Bruce. Howdy to everyone. And we also have with us a very special guest, a close friend and mentor of all three of us, and that is uh, Brother Corey Collins. I am so excited to be with you guys today. Yeah, we, uh, we are excited to have you, and we uh, really just can't wait to, to learn more about you. And I'm sure all the listeners are going to be incredibly excited about this as well. So as we get started here, we've got a couple questions uh, that we would like to ask, and uh, some of these are going to be some quick and short answers, and some of them are going to be a little bit longer. Uh, feel free to elaborate as much as you want on any of these questions, and we'll uh, just learn more about each other. So first question that we've got, Corey, where are you from? I am originally from Nashville, Tennessee, and lived there from my birth until I finished college and got married. That is awesome. Uh, so Nashville is a pretty uh, special place for you, huh? Yes, it's still kind of a hub for my extended family. All right. Well, next question we've got is how did your parents influence your life? My mom helped impact my dad so that my father became a Christian before I was born. He did not grow up uh, in the church, as we say, and he uh, then led our family and the two of them together put the Lord first I had a very normal, happy, peaceful childhood. Uh, we went to all the services of the church. My dad sold life insurance. My mother taught a freshman English at the college level. And uh, really their example, neither one of them ever said specifically, we want you to become a preacher. But of us three boys, two of us did. Not my oldest brother, but the second brother, and then I'm the youngest of the three, and my middle brother and I both became ministers of the gospel. It's more about who my parents were. I remember early one morning, I woke up on a school day, uh, much earlier than I usually do, and I went down to the kitchen, and there was my dad, uh, not expecting anybody. He was sitting with his Bible open, he was reading, and he was meditating on the Word of God, and he actually recorded a good bit of the Bible in his own voice with an old cassette tape recorder. I was just so impressed by the fact that Christianity was their, their way of life, but a very uh, contented, a very harmonious childhood growing up, just kind of a good atmosphere for me to uh, want to become a preacher. I'd love to be able to get to know the childhood, Corey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might not. He was quite a character. <laughs> well um cory the, the next thing that uh, we want to ask you and i think this kind of leads into it is uh, where did you go to college when i was living in nashville my mother started teaching at david lipscomb college it was at the time and so actually in third grade all the way through high school i went to lipscomb and then was there in college as well our preacher at the Hillsborough Church of Christ was a very well-known brother, Batsel Barrett Baxter. And he uh, was also uh, one of our speech and Bible teachers uh, when I was going to college, as well as a mentor and friend and, and something of a hero for me. And 
many other uh, preaching students. But Lipscomb at that time in the 70s had a great Bible program, very balanced and biblical and solid. That is awesome. Dan, you have anything you want to, uh, you want to ask about that? Well, actually, I was still just thinking about Corey growing up. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think, uh, Corey, you said you, you were the, the, were you the last one born? Uh, you're the yes, youngest sir. of all your brothers? Yeah. The baby of the family. We're two years apart. Uh, my oldest brother is four years older than I am. And then the next one is two years older. And I'm the last. When my mom had me, they gave up. <laughs> did did well, they give up or did they say that we're done because this is perfect? Well, you know, um, you know, they, I, I tease about it. <laughs> I say uh, their, their quiver was full, you know, as the Bible says, <laughs> they had their three boys and kind of like an old TV show. My three sons that sort of made the family complete, I guess. My well, mom was 36 when I was born. And so, the time was kind of a part of that too, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. That's why I always like to joke, Corey, uh, I'm the youngest as well. The, um, the third time was the charm for my parents. <laughs> I like to say that too. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you're the youngest uh, growing up, it can be kind of rough. On the other hand, sometimes you get to do things that uh, your older siblings didn't get to. And then when you reach my point in life, being the youngest is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, they say that the youngest, right, is the, the, the kind of the instigator of the, 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 the pack, right? He's, he works his way up through the <laughs> – and he's kind yes. of the, the fun, play, playful one. Yes, playful, sometimes aggravating, sometimes, like you <laughs> say, get something started between my brothers, you know, and then say, who, me? I'm just the little one, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Well, so you mentioned you went to Lipscomb, uh, and you, you went there for quite a while. What, what did you get your degree in, and, and why did you choose that path? When I first entered college, I was already excited about the Bible and evangelism and ministry, partly because my middle brother that's two years older, he was already on fire, and he was majoring in Bible, and every summer, Craig would go to Davenport, Iowa, and he would work with the church all summer long, knocking doors and doing Bible studies. And I just thought that was so fantastic. I, I wanted to get into that. I wanted the passion and the zeal and the, the joy that, that he had. And so I was also considering majoring in math. Uh, I was a pretty good student in math, and I thought, I'll take a year of calculus and I'll take a year of some strong Bible classes, and then I'll, I'll kind of see. Well, calculus was okay, but I just, uh, as, as I compared one path or the other, I thought, I really believe with my situation, I can do the most good for the kingdom of God as a preacher. I mentioned Basil Barrett Baxter. He used to say, God only had one son, and that son was a preacher. And I believe there are many ways that we can serve God. I could have been a math teacher and been a faithful Christian. That's a wonderful profession. But uh, there are some of us that realize we really can't do anything but preach and really put our heart into it. And so uh, Brother Baxter was one of my examples and influences. Also, my brother Craig, as I mentioned, my mom and dad with their Christian spirit. And then uh, when I started going to Davenport, Iowa, in my brother's steps, there was a preacher there named Jim Woodell, 
and he was all about saving souls and taking the gospel to the next person. And so he was a great influence. And we actually had him uh, had him do our our wedding uh, when we married. So he there's a handful of people like that, and there are others too. They're great influence. So Corey, you mentioned uh, Davenport, Iowa a few times. Um, growing up in Nashville, I know your connection to Iowa was probably your brother. Um, but what brought your family or, or what caused you and your brother to want to go intern over the summer in Iowa? Um, it's kind of di- different from Nashville. Yes. Uh, this man I mentioned, Jim Waddell, he would come down to the Lipscomb campus from Iowa and he would interview students that were interested in evangelism. And we would meet with him and he'd have a series of questions and we would need sort of to qualify in order to go. But he was the one that initiated that. Mm-hmm. And then we would typically ask our home congregation to support us for the summer at a, at a reasonable nominal amount. And then the Davenport Church Uh, opened up, uh, one of their members opened up their home to me every summer. I went up several summers. I went up on Christmas break and spring break sometimes. And there was a family there that gave me a room and I lived with them and shared their uh, home and their meals and so forth. But that's how it started. That's awesome. And um, I know just from my experiences being an intern, those families that you stay with over the summer, they become your family, you know. Um, It's like having a pair of second parents. (laughs) Yes, we became very close. Well, uh, next question is, and I think you kind of answered this a little bit, but just this idea of preaching, you know, has it, had it always been with you or was there a certain point in your life where it just took hold and that was just what you wanted to do and you knew it? Uh, is it something that, you know, you recognized only in college or was it prior to that, that it was uh, a part of your life? Actually, uh, Chris, when I was in 10th grade and I was a student at Lipscomb High School, one of our Bible teachers had what they called the homiletics club. And on a Sunday night, every so often, a group of us would go to one congregation or another around town and we would lead the worship service. And usually two of us would present a lesson from the scriptures and uh, we would also lead the singing, lead prayer, and that kind of thing. And so it was actually, I, I gave that a try. And, and I thought, uh, you know, I really think this is a, a great thing uh, that I could pursue and do. One of my early experiences was in the Una Church of Christ in Nashville. I, I spoke and delivered uh, probably a six-minute lesson. <laughs> and the pulpit area was elevated. You had to go up some steps to get to it. Mm-hmm. And after my eloquent lesson, I tripped on the way down. So uh, that always gave me, uh, that's kept me humble. You know, I thought, <laughs> but it didn't, it didn't stop me, but actually that's how I kind of got started. Not always as a child did I think about being a preacher, I guess sort of 10th grade and uh, my brother's influence. And I was starting to uh, mature a little, just a little bit. Corey, I'm wondering if, uh, you know, based on a few things you've already mentioned and you just mentioned uh, homiletics and that you had a a desire perhaps even at one point about considering math and and of course also, um, you know, at Keller we have this uh, wonderful Titus camp for boys and Corey uh, teaches our 
um, homiletics class every every year. And so there's kind of a, a science to that, you know, and putting together um, the scriptures and uh, interpreting them and explaining them to others. Is that something that you feel like attracted you as well to the preaching that that that, that science of, of homiletics, was that something just kind of naturally up, up your alley, kind of something you really enjoy doing? And Corey, you know, just the, real, real quick, you may want to explain homiletics as you do this, um, just for those, okay. those viewers who, who aren't quite aware. Homiletics has come to mean public speaking, especially preaching a sermon from the Bible. It's an interesting word, uh, the Greek word, Homileo, from which we get homiletics, is used in the New Testament. But at that time, it meant to have a conversation, to talk with people somewhat casually like we are today. But it has transitioned to mean uh, actually public uh, proclamation of the, of the scriptures. You know, 2 Timothy 4, when Paul wrote Timothy, he said, I charge you in the presence of God and, and Jesus Christ. He said, preach the word. Be instant, in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, correct, with all patience and instruction. And uh, that's a great motivation for us to realize that you have to have a message to preach. And it must be purpose-oriented with an application and something that you want people to understand, to believe, to change, to consider, or to do after you uh, have finished. And so, yes, it is a science. It's also an art. You know, we all have different gifts. Not, no two of us are alike in terms of our speaking voice, our height, our presence, our manners. And so I believe that God can use all kinds of different men to preach the word of God. We are different vessels, and the grace of God, the word of God in our lives may take a little different shape. And so that's why we don't need to compare ourselves with others, but just to be the best we can be. And I want to take the opportunity to say to our audience that the three guys that uh, I get to visit with and meet with and work with here in the Keller Church of Christ are three of the finest young men I've ever known. And it's a great pleasure, a great benefit to me to get to be with them. And the fact that we have such a wonderful and solid relationship of respect and love and support and encouragement. This, uh, I wish everybody in the world had a team like God has given us. But yes, back to your question, there is a science to it. There's a method. And, you know, it, it took me a while and still learning, but you start out and you just hope to get, you know, to get better as you go along. You know? And that process never stops. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is, um, that's insightful and helpful for all of us. I know that, uh, you know, we're as, as ministers, as preachers, we're constantly working on our craft and, uh, you know, knowing that, you know, someone who's been at it for, for years and years is still, still working on it and still fine tuning their craft is just encouraging to me. Um, so speaking of those who have just kind of started in ministry, uh, why don't you tell us about your early years as a minister? Okay, good. I want to tell you how I met my wife, Tanya, and how we ended up in Long Island, New York, and then in New York City. She started uh, college a year after I did. Her family lived in New York evangelizing since she was seven years old. And her mom and dad had met at Lipscomb 
And so they sent her, I always say, into my waiting open arms. <laughs> there was going to be a campaign. One of our Bible teachers, Dr. Fred Walker, was going to lead a group of us students, anyone that volunteered to go up to Morgantown, West Virginia. We we're going to knock doors and talk to people about the Lord and teach them the word. So I was one that signed up to go. I thought this would be really cool. Well, guess who else offered to make that trip? This beautiful, precious, godly young lady named Tanya Rankin. And so we're in a circle of people and we're introducing ourselves. And uh, the teacher started talking about Tanya's parents, Jack and Gloria Rankin, and what they were doing up in New York and how tremendous it was. And so then Dr. Walker asked me to be the student coordinator to pair people up as to who would go together house to house. And I thought well, that's an easy know. way to get a first date. Exactly right. So I didn't I didn't have to ask Tanya for a date where she could say no. I made her an assignment. And I said, You're going to be my partner. How about it? Let's let's work together in town, West Virginia. And so we did, and that's kind of the start of our of our love story. Uh, we had had a history class together at Lipscomb, American history, and we had kind of noticed each other, but we really uh, became acquainted and became great friends on that on that campaign. Well, I wanted to do missions. She wanted to do missions. And so we had a lot of opportunities. We went to Davenport, Iowa, uh, as part of a team that I took up there and other efforts. And so when uh, I finished college, she still had a year to go. And uh, we went to Long Island, New York, and I became the preacher for the Bethpage Church of Christ in Nassau County, where her father, my father-in-law, had been the preacher a couple of preachers back. And at this time, he was one of the four elders. So my first full-time, I'd preached in college. We'd go out every Sunday in Nashville and preach near Lebanon, Tennessee, every Sunday but full-time work started for me in Bethpage, New York. And, uh, and then after we had been working with that congregation for a while, we went on to the city in our most unusual work in the World Trade Center. Maybe I can tell you some about that in a minute. But uh, as a young minister, I found out uh, I was very green. The Bible I had been taught, but some of the practical things, some of the people skills, matters about working with co-workers and deacons and elders and members. I remember uh, here I was, been married just a couple of months, and some woman came to me for marriage counseling. <laughs> She'd been married probably 25 years, had some kids, you know, and I thought, man, you know, I needed someone else to tell me. And so I really <laughs> learned, I guess, how much I had left to learn. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was full of enthusiasm. Uh, maybe more than than practical wisdom and certain skills, but fortunately, I think I was teachable. My father-in-law was one of my five main mentors I was talking about. He was on fire for the Lord. He was a public school teacher. So was my mother-in-law, and they uh, saved their own money during the entire school year, and every summer they went on a mission trip to a different part of the world, wow. and of course, they took Tanya and her sister with them, so Tanya grew up, uh, she is, I'm telling you, she is my right arm. I, I could talk with you for several podcast sessions about Tanya. 
<laughs> and the difference she has made in my life. But she grew up in that environment. And so I kind of learned, you know, I needed to make a schedule. I needed to have some priorities. I need to prepare a lot of sermons and classes. But I had a lot of, I had a lot of support too. So you mentioned um, something y'all did in the World Trade Center, Corey. Uh, what was your work with that? This was so fascinating, Dylan. Um, there was a congregation that had, was actually in New Jersey, but they said, you know, we're so close to Manhattan. We need to do something to evangelize that great city. And so they rented space in Tower Number 1, hmm. and uh, they called it International Mission. And in this program, we offered free English classes to immigrants who had come to the States with the understanding that we would use the Bible to practice conversational English. Hmm. And we would do grammar and vocabulary and exercises, but the Bible would be our textbook. And so uh, the courses were offered at no charge, and people from 25 different countries that had arrived in the U.S. would sign up for our classes. It was not beginning English. It was more like if you had a, a basic intermediate knowledge already. All of our classes were in English. And so I became part of this work uh, for a number of years. I would commute from Long Island. I would take the railroad. I had about a three hour and 20 minute round trip commute every day to the tower. Take uh, the train, then take the subway, uh, Madison Square Garden, Penn Station, and down underneath the World Trade Center. And I would have classes all day long, sometimes in the evening, and I would have uh, students from Russia and Ukraine, Japan, China, Korea, uh, South America, like Colombia, um, uh, Costa Rica, El Salvador. And in Manhattan, there were some faithful congregations with based on different languages. There was a great Chinese-speaking congregation that was thriving, several Spanish-speaking congregations, a Korean congregation, and, uh, and perhaps others. And so that was the most interesting work. I did some preaching during that time for the Manhattan Church of Christ, which became the sponsor of our international mission, but I was not the primary preacher. I was primarily one of the instructors in this um, in this international mission in the World Trade Center. And I still hear from students that became Christians during those years. That's amazing. That's awesome. So how many years uh, did you do that, Corey, making that, that three and a half hour round yeah, trip? Basically from 1979 to 1983. Wow. <laughs> and uh, at that time, uh, we uh, wanted to get back into a more typical type regular preaching role. You know, when you're separated from the people you work with by that distance and time, uh, it changes the way you do ministry. We, we tried at one point to move into New York City, and I believe in the providence of God. That's another story. That did not work out. And so a congregation near Philadelphia invited us to come, and we moved there in 83, and no more commuting. I lived in a church-owned house on the property. <laughs> we were there for seven years, and uh, it's in that context I did my master's degree. I'll be glad to tell you about that. It's also when our children were born, and I started teaching in a brotherhood school 
a college that was in Villanova, Pennsylvania. So if there's any of that, uh, I'd be glad to talk about that too. But those were our New York and our Philadelphia years. We were in the Northeast about 13 years. So you said you were in Philadelphia for seven years or so? Seven, um, seven years, that's right. So where did you get your master's degree? I went to a seminary that uh, was very conservative in the biblical languages. And I had been out of college for a number of years, and I had been rather well grounded in some of the teachings of this seminary that I did not understand to be biblical and right. So I didn't go there to learn those things that I thought were, were in error, but I went there primarily to further my interest in Greek and Hebrew. I had minored in biblical languages in college, and I'd had three years of Greek and uh, a good year of Hebrew. So I went to Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia and part-time while preaching. And also, it's, it's very interesting, uh, 30 minutes from my, our house was Northeastern Christian Junior College, and that was the Brotherhood School where I taught freshman Bible. 30 minutes farther from that was the theological seminary in, Phil in Philadelphia. So I guess I was doing a little commuting once more, but uh, that's how I obtained my master's degree. And I'll go ahead and say I had no idea at that time that doing that master's degree would allow me to uh, teach uh, years later in another, in a, actually in university. Hmm. That's awesome. Well, as we kind of get ready to close up today, Corey, I know there's a whole lot more uh, that we can talk about, but we're probably going to have to save that for another interview. Uh, Dan, is there anything that you want to ask uh, in order to kind of wrap all of this up? Well, we were just thinking about, Corey, how uh, uh, you're handling these times. I know in, uh, in June, we're actually going to be, uh, Chris and Dylan are going to be leading a, a, a Camp Keller uh, about what what we're missing and we're going to be doing some preaching and teaching. Maybe um, a good question as we wrap up is what are you missing most these days, Corey? I'm missing most the personal interaction and the uh, affection and the involvement with other people. I love people and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just tough kind of being on a screen, you know, and not being able to put our arms around each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's something. Something that we all can relate to, Corey, but um, it's very true. We're missing that that personal interaction with folks right now. But um, we, we really appreciate you getting on here. This is uh, great just getting to um, talk with you and uh, hear about parts of your life that I've never been able to uh, talk with you about before. This is amazing. Um, and uh, some of that stuff in, in New York and in Manhattan, I never even realized you were a Yankee for 13 years of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love New York. I loved it then. I love it still. <laughs> well, uh, well, Corey, we, like Dylan just said, we, we appreciate you coming on and uh, we will most definitely have you back on to, to continue this, uh, continue this conversation and learn more about you. Uh, we, uh, Again, we love you so much and thankful for all that you do for, for not just us, but for, for everybody uh, in Keller and, and for those that, that you have influenced throughout your life. Um, is there any closing thoughts that you want to have before we head out? I'll just say I love you guys so much. Thank you for having me. I've just thoroughly enjoyed it. I appreciate you so much.
We love you, you too, Corey. Thanks, Corey. Thank you. You're more than welcome. And we uh, just want to close this out by thanking all of our listeners. Uh, you can reach us via Facebook at uh, Bible Conversations. Uh, like our page, and uh, we, we're posting a, a new podcast every Friday. It'll uh, be ready by 10 a.m. Friday morning, so uh, be looking for that. And if you have any questions or comments or anything that you want to, to join in on the conversation, you can send us an email at kcocbibleconversations at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we love you all so much. Hope you have a uh, blessed week. All right. Bye.